Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Extra Time, a web-only sports program from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Stephen Hewson. In this week's programme, we're on board Team New Zealand's boat camper as they head towards Auckland and the finish of leg four of the Volvo Round the World Ocean Race. Wayne Smith discusses adjusting from All Black to Super Rugby coaching. We talk to high jumper Liz Lamb about her bid to get to the London Olympics. And the Silver Fern mid-quarter Laura Langman reflects on the Trans-Tasman netball competition's pre-season tournament. The hopes the crew of Team New Zealand's Volvo round the World Ocean Race entry camper had of being first into their home port of Auckland appear forlorn. As of Friday, French team Groupama has a 150km lead over nearest rival Team Telefonica, with Puma third and Camper fourth, 220km off the lead. The crews on all six entries are exhausted, having battled rough weather conditions on the fourth leg from Sanya in China to Auckland. The first boats are due to arrive in Auckland over the weekend, but they're still over 760 kilometres yet to sail. Chris Nicholson's the camper skipper. We got through the white patch really nicely, uh, but then again it may, may have actually just been an easy one because I think um, everyone's gotten through, all, although we made some gains on uh, Telefonic and Puma. Um, nothing, nothing right home about. We're actually hoping to pull a bit more out of uh, Puma, but the interesting thing is we're, we're well rotated and left at the moment uh, compared to compared to those guys in front. So uh, trying to work out why why the breeze is rotated left and and to see if uh, see what advantage we can take from that. So uh, the guys at the moment in front they're sort of rumbling on down the line, and we've got the choice of whether to go high or or the same. Um, so hopefully we can figure out what's going on um, and and stay in touch. Looks like it still looks like a possible little park up uh, down the coast. So yeah, there's plenty plenty going on. It's not boring. No, and the skids they rather than just being a a uh, reflection of the past three hours, they give you an opportunity to sort of see into the future at times as well with a bit of working things out. Yeah, that's what we tell ourselves. We tell ourselves we're smart enough to figure all this out, but, <laughs> oh, you know, if we have a go, it's close. We're kind of, uh, um, there's been so much going on, uh, you know, lots of little small weather systems, and um, it's almost dangerous to read too much into it at times sometimes versus versus doing with the weather you have, going as fast as you can, um, you know, close to the mark. Um, this one's kind of like a, perhaps a classic example of, um, you know, we could aim straight at the mark and take a little gain, not get too greedy, uh, perhaps, and, and I'd say that's probably what we'll end up doing with this one. That's camper skipper Chris Nicholson.
While the former All Blacks coach Sir Graham Henry set to take on a part-time coach mentoring role with Argentina rugby, one of his former assistants, Wayne Smith, is readjusting to life in super rugby. Having been part of Henry's coaching staff from 2004 to 2011, Smith is now Dave Rennie's assistant at the Chiefs. I asked him how much of a difference there was in the two roles. All that rugby, highly pressurised, um, and I'm not just talking about expectation or scrutiny there, I'm talking about time-wise, you know, there's, there's, a, um, there's a lot of pressure on to get the systems in place within about a week or so of assembly. So, so you're, under, you're always um, under real pressures. Um, in Super Rugby, you've got a lot more time to spend to, to get the systems in place and, and work with players one-on-one um, in, in many units. So it's a completely different landscape, uh, very enjoyable. We've got a pretty young squad um, who are a hell of a good coach. You know, they're, they're good young people. Um, they're, they're open to ideas and, and they're working hard, you know, and, and we as coaches, we've got, a, we've got pretty much a blank canvas, so it's up to us now to, to step up and, and get some improvements with them. In a sense, is that more rewarding? Because, like you say, you've got younger players and maybe what you offer them or advise them with, you can see advances in their game a whole lot quicker than what you do. You're obviously operating with guys who are already at the top level. No, I don't, no, I don't think that's right. Um, I think one of the things with the All Blacks um, is that because of the, you know, the best in the world and you can introduce something in a week and you see it implemented straight away on the field, but it's, it's quite incredible. And we used to talk about that often as a coaching group, how, how they could transfer from the whiteboard in the coaching field onto the onto the playing field. So they're highly talented athletes who, um, who are pretty easy to coach. These guys need to coach um, as well, but you know they're, they're not, they haven't quite got that ability yet to um, transfer straight out onto the field. And it, it takes a little bit longer, but... It's, it's very enjoyable. You get a lot of satisfaction watching young guys um, blossom and, and, and grow their game and, and grow as people. And, you know, that's, that's part of what you enjoy about coaching. Do you feel you maybe end up shaping those players more than the all-black players, though? Certainly, that, that, that would be true. Um, as an all-black coach, you're very reliant on super rugby um, coaches to not just coach your athletes, but... Um, establish a, a set of values and um, behaviours that are going to be upheld, you know, at, under pressure and at all back level. So, yeah, at, at this level, yeah, you've got a huge responsibility, I think, to, to help shape these stars and develop them the right way. And and uh, you'll know, and you know, I always thought when I was coaching Crusaders that in 20 years I'd have a fair idea what sort of job I did by how the people turned out. And I think that's true. Aaron Cruden, the chance to work alongside him, is that or is that a relationship you you're building? Yeah, like I've got a I've had a strong relationship with with Aaron clearly from the last couple of years. You know, it's been the All Blacks played a pretty important part in in the end during the Rugby World Cup. And my role here is specifically defence. So um, in terms of the attack and the um, strategy and the in the backline, um, that's Dave's initiative and, and responsibility. So yeah, I, I tend to, to keep a a relationship in terms of um, running the defence, um, his own tackling game, um, turning defence into attack, those sorts of things. Um, so clearly you're working with, with all the players in that area, but um, that's not as close as I was with the All-Backs where I had a, a bit more to do with, with the back time than I have here. Right. I, I was thinking more simply as, as a former first five yourself, that, that that sort of relationship and developing him as, as a first five specifically 
I try to be available um, to talk through things uh, with that. He's a savvy the first five and I was, though, so I'm on the back foot a wee bit there. But, you know, I, 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 try and, um, I try and help as much as I can. He's a good young man who's developed well over the last couple of years and he's got a lot of knowledge there. And, you know, I'm really enjoying working with him. He's, he's open to ideas and, you know, I guess we've got a group coaching approach for these stars where we, we all have an influence where we can. I was talking to former All Blacks coach Wayne Smith, who's now working with the Chiefs. And you're listening to Extra Time, a web-only sports programme from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Stephen Hewson. The 20-year-old Auckland high jumper Liz Lamb is in top form, but she's not counting on that being good enough to get her to the London Olympics. Lamb is unbeaten this summer, winning events in both New Zealand and Australia, as she prepares for the National Track and Field Champs later this month, hoping to challenge the New Zealand record of 1.92 metres. However, she told Barry Guy that she needs to clear 1.95 metres to make sure of her place in London. I've changed uh, my training programme. I'm training now with um, quite a few coaches. <laughs> I've got uh, Matt Dello looking after my strength and conditioning, Kira McKee looking after my jumps, and Terry Lomax looking over the whole project. So I think um, those three men have combined quite nicely to uh, kind of, you know, put out the hard work that was done um, in the winter season, and I guess it's paying its dividends now in summer. It, it sounds quite organised. Uh, you got? Are you concentrating on perhaps 2012? Are you? Uh, I think the goal from for the season was to jump 193 to get the New Zealand record. Uh, I think if the 195, so if the extra two centimetres happens, then my world will change. It'll be fantastic. Um, but it's definitely. If it happens, it happens. If not, then I'll be aiming for world champs in Russia next year in 2016 Olympics in Rio. So where, what's your height at the moment? 1m90. Ah, so where are you trying? You've got national championships coming up. Are you trying to you know, go a bit yep. higher still? Yeah, definitely. I've got national champs in three weeks' time, or two weeks' time. Um, and I've got a just a regular Grand Prix um, hot meet this Saturday. So I've got two more chances in the domestic season to qualify. So... How important, perhaps, is uh, London then? Uh, London's a bonus, to be honest, Barry. (laughs) I think every athlete obviously wants to go to the Olympics. Initially, I'd said 2016, um, not knowing how the the season would go. I think I'm going to jump as high as I can um, this season. And if 195 pops out, then what do you do? Let's go to London. And if not, I'm just going to keep on training um, to reach those heights later in the future. So you see yourself doing this long term? Yeah, I see myself doing it um, as long as I can jump high. I think definitely 2016 is a good is a good shot um, at Rio and the Commonwealth Games and the World Champs before then. And I guess we'll reassess, reassess when we get to that point. So how are you, um, you know, you're at Varsity, you know, you're fitting everything in, are you OK? Yeah, I yeah. am. I'm, I'm, I'm fourth year at the moment, um, fourth year of a commerce and science conjoint at the University of Auckland. So I've been pretty pretty lucky to um, be a recipient of the Prime Minister's Athlete Scholarship for the past four years, which is a New Zealand incentive to help athletes pay for their fees um, whilst whilst training. Um, so that's been really a really great uh, opportunity to allow me to study part-time um, to kind of take the pressure off. So I'm just kind of happy seeing how it goes. Um, and, yeah, we'll see what happens after athletics finishes. So yeah, you talk about pressure, you know, uh, competition. I, I mean, high jump sort of seems to be very much one of those within yourself sort of things. I mean, can you explain that to me? Yeah, most definitely. I think the crazy thing about high jump is you take um, five centimetres and put it into an everyday circumstance or everyday context and it's nothing. Uh, but when the bar goes up five centimetres, the high jump is cringe. So um, I think it's definitely... Uh, um, 
it's definitely a very mental event. I think um, visualisation um, and having just kind of self-confidence really helps because when you get to the bar and um, the bar's been put up, I mean, A, I'm not going to go anywhere near 195 because it's 20 centimetres above my head. Um, but once you get there and you can look at the bar, it's all about having the confidence to say, look, I've done the training. I'm going to do the same jump. I'm not going to change it. It's not going to be different because um, then, then your technique just disintegrates. So I think it's yeah, it's really important to kind of mentally be there um, as well as physically. So has high jump always been your thing or perhaps the way, uh, you know, your body developed, you yeah, fell into I think, it? Or? Uh, I think I've been competing in athletics since I was um, since I was young in primary intermediate school athletics. I think when I was... Um, when I was 13, um, my first coach's name was David Donnelly, and he was my friend's father. So I think you, as a, as a child, you always like what you're good at. <laughs> so I kind of had some natural pops, and it kind of just went on and from there. Uh, so how important is competition then? Competition in... And, and helping you or? develop. No, competition, uh, competing in track meets around the world or whatever. I mean, how, do, how important is that to help your development? Yeah, I think it's usually beneficial, Barry. I think the more jumps you can get, you can get against people with the same or same or higher ability than you is obviously going to be a really advan- a real advantage um, when it comes to later competitions such as the Olympics or Worlds when you will have um, the world's best around you. Uh, I think there's a good incentive at the moment that Athletics New Zealand has set up called the Rio um, Europe Development Tour Squad. So we've kind of got maybe 10 or 12 athletes who um, are hoping to head to Europe annually um, between now and now and the Olympics and we can go overseas and base ourselves in Germany and France and England um, and compete against um, other athletes in Europe that we wouldn't otherwise have been able to come against until you get to a major championship. So defending a title at the Nationals? Hopefully, <laughs> that's definitely the plan. This is the first year that um, I've I'm too old to enter into the junior age group, so I only get one shot um, at a national title this year. So senior women's is definitely the goal and the aim. That's Auckland high jumper Liz Lamb talking to Barry Guy. The captain of the Waikato Bay of Plenty Magic netball side, Laura Langman, says the defending champions, the Queensland Firebirds, are in a class of their own and will be difficult to topple as trans-Tasman netball champions. The Firebirds went through last season unbeaten and were undefeated again on their way to winning the past weekend's pre-season tournament in Tauranga, outclassing the Melbourne Vixens by 20 points in the final. The Magic finished third in the competition, but Langman concedes the other nine teams are well behind the Queenslanders. Obviously you really want to push to be number one and two, um, but in saying that we got a lot out um, of the weekend and we were able to get lots of people on court and test a lot of processes, so uh, we're happy with the outcome. And obviously a fairly convincing result in the third and fourth playoff. Yeah, it was. I think... Um, I think you can only read into it in, in terms of what we put out there ourselves. I think um, come round robin, it'll be a different animal altogether. But certainly, um, uh, there was, we stepped up in some areas, so we were happy. Like you say, results from these sorts of tournaments aren't necessarily the most important thing. It's about testing your combinations and, I guess, tracking your progress. Obviously, you're happy with where you're at. Yeah, we got to test a lot of um, off-court um, standards and on-court strategies, so it was a really productive weekend. And like you said, I think at, at these type of tournaments, it's a really fine line between um, giving people court time and consolidating, and we struck a really good balance. 
It's obviously been a, a little while between drinks for you guys in terms of the ANZ Championship. You must be, you know, watching all the sport, the Warriors starting, the Super 15 starting, and just yeah. been licking your lips and wanting to get out there. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, that just created even more nerves and excitement. Yeah, we're certainly getting ants in our pants, and we're hoping the next four weeks go pretty fast so we can get out there and play. Have you sat down and set yourself, your squad goals for the season? Are you talking you want to make the final again, or is it a game-by-game basis? Do you, do you talk about those sorts of things before the season? Yeah, obviously you should want to shoot for the top, but um, I think one of the key things for us is to not get too far ahead. So we are taking it game by game, and each week we'll reevaluate um, and um, make sure we are ticking all the boxes and uh, for, towards our goals. So first and foremost, um, we want to you know get through round robin, and then we'll look to the final series. Travelling across the ditch has always been, I guess, the hardest challenge or the biggest challenge for the Kiwi side. So have you guys talked about that and how you're going to, I guess, try and overcome, uh, you know, statistically what has been troublesome times for the Kiwi sides? To be honest, for us, that doesn't even factor in. I think we've got a, um, a solid track record over in Australia. So, you know, if anything, we look forward to our trips over there. Um, and like you said, it is a statistic. It doesn't mean it's going to go that way all the time. Um, so we, we kind of we want to keep it real and not blow it out of proportion. And how do you think all the rest of the uh, the sides are stacking up this year? Looking like it's going to be a pretty tight competition? Yeah, I certainly think um, the bar has been raised. Um, the Firebirds still definitely are in a league of their own, and the rest of us really need to uh, chase them down. But certainly they're going to be raising the bar, and so we need to be ensure that um, we're, going, we're going with them. I guess it is, it is nice, though, to have you know, a team to really aspire to, to the heights of that, and you know, everyone will be trying to knock them off their perch, so it makes things difficult for them. Yeah, definitely. Um, there's there's the glory of being number one, and also um, you're the hunter at number one. Certainly, I think um, the attitude that uh, a lot of the teams are taking towards the Firebirds. But like I said, they're a very classy outfit, um, and this weekend showed once again they are certainly in a league of their own. And as part of the Magic Squad, you guys must be uh, pretty keen to get a title of your own. Yes, surely this has got to be the year. Um, but in saying that, you know, we have a really different feel from previous years, so I'm excited to see where this could go. That's Laura Langman talking to Joe Porter. And that brings us to the end of Extra Time for another week. Remember, if you'd like to contact us, you can email us at sport at radioNZ.co.nz. Bye for now. 